0: Did Lamar Jackson just turned his contract situation into one of the best publicity stunts that we have ever seen. We talk about that. The mysterious figures surrounding some of Lamar's negotiations in his contract situation, the entire gym. will talk wide receivers and so much more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens.
1: You are locked
0: on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostryker of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms, including in video form on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe for free. No money involved, both on YouTube and in audio form. We're a five-day-a-week Baltimore Ravens podcast. So daily coming at you Monday through Friday, Ravens News, Analysis, Updates, And of course, Lamar Jackson is, which is what the topic is going to be here yet again. And here to talk about that with me is former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver and a Super Bowl champion, Kadri Ismail and Q. I had multiple topics. I told you I had multiple topics I wanted to talk about with you. I I was we'll talk about them throughout the course of this show. But the main event of this is going to be Lamar Jackson again in a situation that, again, seems like is never going to end crazy headlines here and there. And I talk about the Kirk Cousins situation where you know maybe he could play on two straight franchise tags. Could you imagine another two years of this situation and, and having this back and forth with Lamar and not really knowing what's going on? It, it'd be it, it's a horrifying thing to think about to have this continue to go on for that long.
1: I'm telling you, you talk about these are the days of our lives. All my children, one life to live. Who's it's making me want to go to the general hospital and get some aspirin. I just think that uh, when you look at it and, and the way as the world turns, the soap opera of it all is just magnified with what's going on here in Baltimore. And I don't know when it's going to end. I think this is, wow, I think this is one of those rare situations where, you know, you got a, a, a impasse and yeah, we know Lamar wants to get his, the Ravens want to get theirs, and who blinks first and who has the resolve to sit there and just say, look, I, I'm digging my heels in, and this is how it's going to be. Whether it be Lamar or whether it be Eric DaCosta, I don't know, but uh, here we are. <laughs> and just then, you know, as of this taping right prior to it, yeah, we have uh, the breaking news of the negotiation tactics and how that's all breaking down.
0: Yeah, in, in tactics, they are, and I, th- I think more ways than one. And, and the topic of at least this first segment is Did Lamar Jackson just pull the greatest publicity stunt of all time with his product? <laughs> I'll just, I don't even know where to start, Hugh. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll just read through the events that happened over the course of yesterday. It was, it was all in about an hour, too. It was like an hour, hour and a half. So it was the, the hour will go down in the Ravens history books, but a, a lot of reporters, Adam Schefter, and everybody. Is putting out that the NFL sent a memo to clubs letting them know that the NFLPA informed the league that a person by the name of Ken Francis, who was not an NFLPA certified agent, may be contacting teams and attempting to persuade team personnel to enter into negotiations with Lamar Jackson. And, you know, that's not allowed and there'd be punishment if there were to be contact in real negotiations there. And then Tom Pellicero did a little bit of digging and ends up identifying that Ken Francis is a Florida man who most recently was pitching a home fitness invention. And he is now trying to negotiate a nine figure contract with NFL teams and the NFL putting out in that memo that violation of the rule may result in a disapproval of any offer sheet or resulting player contract entered into mr jackson or the new club now a little bit after that lamar jackson ends up denying it he goes on twitter he takes a twitter says stop lying that man never tried to negotiate for me and then puts out a, a video a promotional video for a product called the entire gym pretty much a portable gym with his business partner named ken ken francis says he'll be dropping it over the summer so this to me q seems like the the one of the biggest publicity stunts of all time and i mean look i give lamar a lot of credit he he did a good thing by putting out this video when the attention was on it for this product for his product he did the right thing to earn the earn the promotional value of having everybody talking about him everybody talking about ken francis and he puts out the video, and now his product's getting a ton of attention as an official Twitter account or anything that you can talk about with that. So, I mean, my question to you, Q, is <laughs> did we just witness an all-time publicity stunt here from Lamar Jackson to get promotion on his product and turn his contract situation into business profit?
1: I mean, you got to say so, because we're talking about it. And like you said, you had your whole show planned out. We were sitting there ready to go. And then all of a sudden that dropped. And so it changes the whole entire landscape of everything. And, and we're we're not alone. I mean, there are other you know, shows that are going to be having their producers sitting there and trying to figure out what this entire gym looks like. It's an interesting device. I'm a gadget man. Obviously, I do sports performance training. Lamar Jackson is feeling like, look this entire gym is portable. The way in which the, the whole flow of it commercial wise, it's him going out to a track and going to a football field and, and doing some working out. And, you know, they show Lamar throwing and they scan back over and they show him and, and a female uh, actress, you know, doing her thing with you know different uh, moves and, and squats and all that. And okay, <laughs> you, you did it when it came to capturing the attention and the twist on it all, because from just a pure football standpoint, you know, here we are looking at it as like, like, what's going on here? Like, are you saying you don't know Ken? But clearly in this video he's saying he's his business partner. So he is, but then was, you know, what to what degree was he talking to other teams and those reports that had come out. Um, about it, it just seems like there's a lot of misdirection on Lamar's part as well as what possibly teams might or might not be doing so they can throw, I guess, Roger Goodell and the NFLPA and uh, the NFL off the scent of possible, hey, look, we're, we're negotiating with a guy that's not – Um. A, a certified agent I, I don't know I mean they're just the layers to this is 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 what makes this so intriguing but the bottom line I mean this is what you hired an agent for and the I, I get it that he doesn't want to talk he has every right to not talk I get it that he wants to do his negotiation and he and his mom have made the choice to not have, Um, it leak out what he is or isn't doing. Um, So they've kept their inner circle tight, tight. Uh, Clearly the Ravens have, you know, taken advantage of the fact that, hey, all right, you're not really coming to us after your MVP year. We dodged that bullet. Um, You're not coming to us, you know, after uh, you get a, a playoff victory against Tennessee Whew, we dodged that bullet and now here we are and Lamar yeah he is coming at you because Deshaun Watson now all of a sudden remember remember we were like talking about uh Josh Allen's contract now that that's so laughable that's so last year <laughs> <laughs> my god man this is like twice that and and you know i i could see where Lamar is coming from but but the 24-hour constant consuming of NFL contract offseason, there really isn't an off-season anymore. I mean, it's it's the football season and the business of football season. The business of football season, I think people are more intrigued than the actual season. Like you, and I'm not one of them, obviously when it comes to figuring out drafts and draft picks and mock drafts and analyzing players and all of that, like that's a whole cottage industry. And so Lamar is blowing all of that up because people want and consuming all this information. And it's like, you're just guessing at this point what's going on. And that to me makes all of it so fascinating and intriguing.
0: Yeah, and, you know, at this point, Q, I mean, we can be honest about it. The Ravens have not had anywhere near normal offseason. I mean, this has been something where the Ravens, we are almost two weeks into free agency. The Ravens have not signed one player from outside the organization yet. In, In a year where we have seen the AFC North, the Bengals go out there, get Orlando Brown Jr., the Browns just trade for Elijah Moore. They get Dobbin Tomlinson, Juan Thornhill, the Steelers, adding pieces along the margins like a Patrick Peterson offensive line help. But everything relating to the Ravens offseason has been Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Oh, and they brought in Nelson Aguilar for a visit, which did not go well, over well, by the way, with a lot of people. But yeah. there are just interesting layers. There are so many, as you talked about, so many different layers that go into this whole thing. And one of those is super interesting. You know, Mike Florio being the guy who ended up reporting a couple of days ago that there was a non-FOPA certified guy talking to some teams, said that Lamar was done with the Ravens. And he put out another piece yesterday that has a very interesting tidbit. So, coming up on our second segment, we'll be talking about that, what Florio had to say, and what it means for both the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So, be sure to stay tuned. So, lots to dive into on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you. By Built Bar and the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And for me, you know, I'll be voting for the Brownie Batter Puff. And if you want the Ravens to win, then you better be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar. Or a puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will receive a 12-month subscription of Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing you won't even think they're good for you because they taste that good and what makes built bars and puffs so good is for starters they're all high in protein low in sugar and covered in 100% real chocolate yes real chocolate run to boltmarshmadness.com right now it's vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there you can vote every day and March so hop in and support your pick we're back here our second segment of locked on ravens kevin all still here with Kadri, ismael and q let's pick it up where we left off here lamar jackson lamar jackson lamar jackson is is what we're talking about and mike florio did put out a piece about this whole situation with Ken Francis. And again, just to remind people, Mike Florio was the one who put out a couple days ago. There was an NFL PA non-certified guy talking to teams. Then also in that report saying that he's been telling teams Lamar has been done with the Ravens. And with Florio, the latest thing that he put out is that Jackson has admitted he's his business partner, as we saw in that tweet, but, Francis may have contacted teams without Jackson's knowledge. Francis has absolutely contacted multiple teams trying to spark negotiations towards an offer sheet. And it's also believed that Francis has been communicating with reporters regarding Lamar's situation, which would help explain how ESPN.com so quickly tracked Francis down and secured a predictable denial. So Q Francis to me is involved one way or the other, obviously as Lamar's business partner, but to me, it's just how deep is he involved? And no one really knows because we've seen the denials by both Lamar and Francis that there was any negotiating. But then the question is why would the NFL send out a whole memo with clear punishments and violations in terms of what would happen if Francis does contact a team or a team enters in negotiations with Francis? So, I mean, how deep do you think this goes, Q? Because it is a crazy situation right now.
1: Yeah, it's extremely uh, frustrating from the outside looking in because we really don't know what is what. And we do know that uh, the Ken Francis guy, if in fact he is his business partner, uh, it, it, it doesn't look good to kind of, in the minds of the teams, they're going to protect themselves at all time. At the same time, it doesn't look professional on Lamar's part as far as how this is all unfolding. And so this uh, this PR, this negative PR that is kind of being pushed on to Lamar, I think, you know, it's interesting. The, the comments during the season was like, oh, my God, you know, we got, we got to do what we got to do. Pay Lamar, let's go. Comments during right after the offseason. I mean, it's, it's pro Lamar, pro Lamar. As it's gone on, you see a, a slight shift, uh, you know, in social media, like, well, wait a minute, the Ravens did pay him a fair deal, or at least offered him a fair deal, making him the second highest paid player. So people not recognizing that, yeah, well, precedent, even though people keep saying, oh, well, the Deshaun Watson thing is an outlier. I'm saying that, well, the, the way in which the NFL has been doing business, no, that's not an outlier. That's just the way they've been doing business now. All that being said, like I think, when uh, you look at these comments, it's like people don't care. They're just like, "Well, it was a fair deal, you know. It was close to two hundred million, you know, with all the bonuses and guarantees tied in." Uh, but yeah, again, I I just think that the the way in which the tide is starting to shift, you know, the the momentum that Lamar had, at least in the court of public opinion has definitely shifted and and it's it's interesting how this will yes ultimately play out with Lamar and the Ravens um as far as if in fact it goes past the NFL draft which to me is is madness
0: yeah and you you make a couple really good points there because i think with every new thing that comes out, this has been an exhausting situation for so many different people. I'm sure for Lamar, I'm sure for the team, but for the fans, for the media covering, I mean, it's just been such an exhausting situation. And to me, yeah, you're right. You know, when I go on Twitter or go on social media, it's people saying, you know, just get me out. Just one way or the other, just have it be done. Lamar stays, he goes, just people want it over with. They want it completely done because at this point, again, it is, It is robbing the Ravens of a normal offseason. I'm not going to fault Lamar for, you know, wanting to get paid what he's worth and believing that he's worth a certain amount of money and he wants that and he's sticking to it. I mean, good for him for doing it, but at the same time, you know, I think as you talked about Q, that opinion is shifting. And and I want to ask you about – I've tried to get as many opinions on this as I can, and I want to get yours – about how you think this has been handled up to this point by both the Ravens and Lamar.
1: I think the Ravens have quote unquote said the right things, but I don't know if they're doing the right thing. And I I, I think like if you really value who he is, it's not necessarily just pay him, but it seems there is this chasm. And there's no middle ground. And so like from Lamar's side of it all, I don't know what his counter offer truly is other than these these guesses by other insiders. And the whole job of an insider is to like get information from agents, from team general managers, from uh, coaches that are in the know, from scouts that are in the know and formulate all these like opinions and these opinions, when you see them are really strong and solid and you're like, all right, cool. You know, as a fan, whatever fan base it is, but this is just, yeah. You know, the court of public opinion with the Ravens, boy, you guys should have got something done. Um, I, I heard, you know, uh, Mike Florio talk about, you know, look, here's something that could be done. I think it was Florio. He was on one of the talking head shows and it was saying like, why don't you just make a ridiculous offer of, okay, look, you're under the tag. How about we give you a $1 million bonus for every game played, which comes out to like some, I think they were saying it was like 49 million or whatever total. And I kind of like in the back of my mind, like, you know, Lamar could be thinking to himself, all right, you guys back me into a corner, but man, it gives him incentive of saying, you know what, they're willing to still negotiate. And I kind of like that idea. Like, all right, if he wants to get a long-term deal, um, Hey man, I get a million dollar check every time I lace him up and I know I'm confident that I'm gonna go all 17 games plus the playoffs. Uh, yeah, that 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 to me sounds like a good incentivized deal, but also at the same time continually motivating me to get paid when it comes to long term. And if in fact I still want to be a Raven, well then definitely it helps me feel like I'm I'm tracking towards something positive of signing a good deal with the Ravens.
0: Yeah, and, and to your point, you're right where it feels weird that there is, there has been no middle ground and that it does feel like there is that huge gap between what Lamar wants to be paid and what the Ravens want to pay him. And the frustrating part about it is people, we don't know, you know, nobody knows because there's, just hasn't been information about it. So if we knew if there was information about, Oh, this is why this is happening. This is why there is a gap. This is what the Ravens and obviously Neither side is going to put all the negotiating out on the table like that for everybody to see. That's just not how it works. But there's just been nothing outside of, you know, Lamar tweeting three for 133, but I need an agent or something like that. And the whole, like, you know, I'm a Nuggets fan, and I've, I've said that, you know that. And, and the MVP conversation surrounding Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> it's, it's grown so toxic. This yeah. Lamar conversation has also begun to grow so toxic. Yeah. There are people now who are either shifting their opinions or people who are very far entrenched in the Lamar should leave very far entrenched in the Lamar should stay. And that's just how it is right now. But another part of this whole thing, is you talked about it, you briefly did the agent situation. And Lamar is obviously doing this without an agent. That's why we're talking about Ken Francis in the first place. I mean, we've kind of talked about it in passing here and there, but I mean, how different do you think this would be right now if, if Lamar had an agent?
1: Oh, God. I mean, this would have probably been uh, handled. um, Goodness. Again, right after MVP year. Bruh, I think we got leverage. I think y'all think that we all think Lamar is y'all quarterback and Joe Flacco era is completely done, sealed, delivered. That's in the rearview mirror. What's up now? So that's number one. Number two. I think if you had an agent now, I mean, there would have been back-channeling going on like from day one. We would have probably waited these two years. There'd have been so much back-channeling that, yeah, go ahead, do the non-exclusive. We don't care. Um, I think that this would have been a scenario where I wonder even if they would have let Todd uh, Moncton come aboard and and let go G-Row because that was... Uh, uh, John Harbaugh's guy, you know, I, I think if in fact it would have been, I think, yeah, they're, they're, the agent might've been able to make it feel like, you know, Lamar is not happy with the way the offense is going and, and be able to talk about it as opposed to Lamar being the malcontent. W- what am I saying? There would have been a buffer for all these different issues and we wouldn't have been sitting there speculating. Now, is it good fodder for you and I and other talking heads? Heck yeah. But as far as the reality of it all, and if I'm, you know, uh, a Ravens fan that that liked the direction of the team and all that, this, this kind of gets a bad taste in your mouth.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's a lot to take in in so many different ways because it, it just seems like, like I, I tweeted it every day. There's a new crazy headline and a new report coming out about Lamar and you know with with the agent situation I mean look we've seen players negotiate deals I mean Roquan Smith just did it with the Ravens with Eric DaCosta and obviously you know there's a whole there's a whole lot of talk about Ken Francis Saint Omni is another one of those mysterious figures who Ian Rappaport did say is real and he's met by the way so it's not just some invisible imaginary guy (laughs) but I mean the Roquan Smith deal compared to what this Lamar Jackson situation is the Roquan Smith deal – Roquan Smith, I think, got himself a very good contract, five years, $100 million, and, and good for him mm-hmm. to do that. And, look, I, I have no problem with Lamar wanting to do this on his own, but he needs to have the right help around him, and he needs to be able to do this his own way. An Asian, I think, would help in this situation, but it's just – it's gone on – the whole situation has gone on for way, way too long, and you mentioned Q – if this goes on past the draft, I think that just spells disaster in ten other different ways. So we'll talk about that in the final segment. We'll, we'll take a break after that from the Lamar situation. We'll talk wide receiver options. Although I guess it all ties back to Lamar one way or the other. So we sure to stay oh, tuned. Man, What
1: are you fooling?
0: I know. Still a lot of Lamar Jackson talk, I guess, here to come on Locked On Ravens. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and the tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat-first set up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Let's go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim that no-sweat-first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money lines, the point spreads, which team will be cutting down the net on a map that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot or no sweat first, about up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more FanDuel. We're back here, our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Oshaker is still here with Kadri, Ismael, and Q. You know the topic. It's Lamar Jackson, and, and you, you you talked about it. We, we talked about it all offseason. Feels like it's going to go on forever. Hopefully it doesn't for, for multiple reasons. One, just for, I think, the physical and mental health of everybody to to just make sure that they are, they are all, I mean, think about it. We had to go through the Greg Roman situation, talking about all the toxicity that came with that people who wanted him to stay, most wanted him to go. And then it goes directly into the Lamar toxic conversation about his extension and free agency. I always said that it look the Ravens best path is for this to happen before free agency. So they would have the room. They would have their path to say, all right, if you're them, you're saying, you you know, we know Lamar is staying. You you can go after a a wide receiver if you want to. That first year cap hit is low. It hasn't happened. It is robbed the Ravens of, I think, their free agency in a way. It's not all Lamar, but I think it's definitely hurt them to have Lamar on that non-exclusive franchise tag, 32.4 million cap hit. So let's take it a step further. Let's talk about the draft. If the Ravens let this go, if Lamar lets this go until after the draft, from an organizational perspective, from the Ravens' perspective, this whole non-exclusive franchise tag thing is he leaves for two first-round picks if he signs an offer sheet. Let's say he goes to Indy. You get that fourth overall pick and probably a late 2024 pick because the Colts will be competitive with Lamar. Now, if this goes beyond the draft, those picks, if if Lamar leaves – you can't get the 2023 pick anymore. So it's 2024 and 2025, both of which will be probably late 20s because the Colts will be competitive with Lamar. So you're losing out on that top five draft pick, and you you just can't properly draft for needs when you don't know all of your needs in, in that situation. So how, how big of a disaster cue would that be if, if we are talking after the draft and there's still no resolution for Lamar and the Ravens?
1: Ooh, I mean, the Ravens now, I think, lose out because, again, as you're saying, you know, their leverage to another team giving them first-round picks. What first-round pick? You're already – it's gone. So now you're looking in the future. And as you just said, well, if it's a future pick, it's not going to be high because that team now is upgraded. So, yeah, there, there's the waiting game on – Both sides of it. I know that other teams, for example, have traded some players away to kind of put themselves in position from a draft aspect of things. Okay, they did that and they got leverage. Well, the leverage is gone if it's after the draft from a high draft pick, if you will, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And you know how they covered their draft picks because if they got the high draft picks and they still didn't want it, that's their choice to drop down, to acquire more picks, and on and on, and that whole flow and that whole genre of what it is. When you look at Lamar, I think the leverage game kind of favors him if he's waiting after the draft. But then again, from a football standpoint, you might not be getting guys that will definitely be in good chemistry with you because why? You ain't signing anybody because you're still worried about what Lamar Jackson is going to be doing. So we could talk about uh, an Odell Beckham Jr., but he might be like, man, I ain't waiting around. I'm done. Let's go ahead and get signed. Um, a DeAndre Hopkins, like, you don't even know how to make that work because you didn't sign Lamar. And so Lamar... Can't really say he's gonna be getting a stud wide receiver. So you're you're kind of like in this limbo-esque type of a place when it comes to Lamar learning Todd Moncton's offense, being on the same page, and feeling like he's gaining more leverage by doing this offseason. And and unless he does some crash course and just feels really good about things and all that, and that could be a possibility, but you know, this is uh again; it's taking a life of its own.
0: Yeah, and, and something you said there, I want to expand on. Where you're right. You know, going back to receivers not knowing who's throwing them the football if they're coming to Baltimore, I think that that's not nothing. Like p- guys want to know: is it going to be Lamar? Is it going to be Tyler Huntley? Is it going to be a rookie? Is it going to be another mid-tier bridge guy? That that has impact. I think players want to play with Lamar. The issue is. Is Lamar going to be in Baltimore in 2023? We don't know that answer. Mm-hmm. And even going back further to the offensive coordinator situation, Q, there were reports about how some of the offensive coordinator candidates weren't really sure about the job because they didn't know if Lamar was going to be the guy or not. I think the luxury of having a Todd Monk, and we talked about this was the, is is the fact that I think you're still able to have a competent offense with or without Lamar with Todd Munkin principle-wise and scheme-wise. The issue was that Lamar raises the ceiling of that offense 25 <laughs> times more than whoever yeah. it is, depending on who you yeah. do get with that. So when talking about wide receivers Q, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and Odell and some of these other guys that are available. I mean, other guys such as Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, you know, free agency-wise, DJ Charp kind of seems like the only other guy that moves the needle for me outside of Odell. But how, how big is it, do you think? I mean, you speaking as a former wide receiver, I mean, how big was it for you to kind of know who was throwing you the football over the course of your career?
1: I'm telling you, it's, it's everything. Uh, yeah, shoot. I mean, if I'm a stud receiver, I want to know who, who I'm getting the ball from. Like Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown's like, giddy up, let's go, bro. Let's sign this contract, brother. Cause I'm about to go ahead and go with Jalen and get on the same page. And I got uh, Devontae Smith on the other side to help me as far as the whole flow and the receiving core and, like, oh, bro, let's go. Texting one another, group text messages, um, just, you know, filling out what you think is going to happen in the, you know, in the division. Uh, I'm sure, you know, Higgins, Burrow, and Chase are all sitting there. Tyler Boyd, yo, all three of y'all. Let's get some throwing in together. Yo, we, we the best trio around and, and the confidence and the swagger. And, and what can we do? Because ultimately, if you do well, you're going to get that second contract. You're going to be in a very powerful position to get paid. And, and, and that's the name of the game. It's, it's not looking at what you did, but looking at what you're going to do and what value you bring now. That's what it is. Um, so, yeah, I want to know the nomenclature. I want to know that we can be competitive. Uh, that's how this thing works.
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And let's talk about somewhat of normalcy this offseason. The Ravens have brought in a couple of guys for reported visits. I, I mentioned Nelson Aguilar briefly earlier in the show. That did not go over very well with a lot of people. Is you know We're, we're talking about names like Odell and DeAndre Hopkins and Nelson Aguilar. At that point, you just signed me up for Demarcus Robinson again. If that, I don't think it's a bad move if, if it comes with something else, but if that's it, if it's Aguilar, Demarcus Robinson, I think we're just back to where we started in terms of talking about the wide receivers. Adrian Amos is, is the guy yesterday reportedly visiting. Local guy, really good safety. You also have Rakia seen that, that report coming out last week. It, it definitely puts up with the trend. It's on brand with the Ravens investing in their secondary. I don't think Amos is going to come cheap. He's a, still a very quality player but people are kind of wondering well you just got rid of Chuck Clark you have Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams if the Ravens don't have very much cap space where they're the, the, about 7 million they could free up some more obviously with the Lamar Jackson extension but also just with other other avenues so people are saying well why would you invest you have needs at wide receiver needs at corner why would it be a safety when you when you just freed up playing time for Kyle Hamilton do any of those three guys interest you Aguilar Yasin or Adrian Amos
1: no, no, and uh, yeah, no, <laughs> like these aren't splash names. You sure have to have depth in your roster, but those guys are, are just guys. Um, just another guy, Jag, and I just think that, you know, Jag players are, are good, but you've been doing Jag players, and what has it gotten you? It's gotten you, you know, the Buffalo game, uh, you came up short um next year you get past tennessee but you can't advance further past that you got some jags uh again this year and you're just hanging on by the hair of your chinny chin chin and cincinnati you can't get it done and shock the world so yeah in this jag world of ours i think it's crazy how the ravens are operating and i think they you know from a competitive standpoint like they think that you know somehow their reliance on a defense but you know one of my guys that we kind of go back and forth on twitter in a a cool kind of way um he was mentioning yeah you know i'm kind of a little frustrated here with you know john harbaugh it feels like you know his philosophy is kind of i don't know I'm, I'm, i'm moved off of it which when he started explaining it i kind of thought yeah, you know, I'm I'm a pro Harbaugh guy, but then I was like, huh, yeah, you know, you kind of look at just having a bunch of Jags to a stud like Lamar is not cool. Whereas, you know, you're looking at a Ray Lewis squad that Ray Lewis, you know, he needed help up front. And a Haloti Nada, um, obviously a Terrell Suggs, uh, uh, shoot, on the back end, you had Ed Reed. My years, my God, man, I mean, we got thirty for thirty for darn sake for the, one of the greatest defenses of all time, because Ray had help. Um, I, I, man, you know, if this is Lamar's team, then Jags just ain't getting it done.
0: Yeah, and there's something to say. You, you talked about it. There needs to be good depth on any NFL roster. I think those three guys would be, I mean, really quality depth options. Maybe Aguilar being more less so than an Amos or a Scene, but. You just, I think the Ravens with Lamar, you have to get that piece or those two pieces to really push things over the top, especially on offense. I, I think people want to see the money start to be invested on the offensive side of the ball a little bit more. We, we have the Ronnie Stanley extension. We have the Mark Andrews extension. But in terms of wide receivers, that spending, the Ravens have spent the most draft capital on wide receivers over the last, what is it, four or five years, something like that. But in terms of getting a proven veteran in here, you just haven't seen it. And I think that's what Lamar Jackson needs. So again, if it's Aguilar and DeAndre Hopkins, or if it's Rocky scene and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, that's an avenue. But in order to get there, it starts with freeing up cap space. Ideally, it's an extension for Lamar Jackson. But right now it's just it's been an off season of uncertainty. It's it's been a whirlwind and Not a lot being known right now by a lot of people in terms of this Lamar situation, but Lamar did get good publicity on his new The Total Gym where he's going to be able to maybe work with Ken Francis and get, get some good run on that. And Lamar has been out there. He went on the shop of LeBron James. He said his goals since he was a little kid to be a champion and to be a billionaire. It doesn't surprise me. He's, he's in these business ventures in these product ventures, but turning a situation where, you know, you got Adam Schefter's talking about it and and Ian Rappaport's and then he comes out and denies it. And then it goes into a whole PR stunt, I got to give Lamar some flowers for that. Good good business move from Lamar Jackson. McHugh, I appreciate you hopping on today and talking through the, the craziness with me here. And next week, if there's no Lamar extension, I'm sure there will still be craziness to talk about. Because, again, it's just a situation that just never seems to be ending.
1: The plot thickens, brother. And as the world turns with Lamar, we only got one life to live. And hopefully we're not going to a general hospital anytime soon cuz we want to see all our children do what they got to do and fill out all this craziness that is the soap opera of the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Yeah, hopefully there will be a return to normalcy and normal off season sometime soon, but we'll see. And if you want normal daily Ravens content, we are here for you 5 days a week <laughs> on locked on Ravens. We have a normal 5 day a week schedule Monday through Friday, so be sure to subscribe. Follow along for free as well, all for free, no money involved. Come back as much as you want to here on Locked on Ravens. But that's all I have for you here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here on Monday, we'll be talking about another mock draft Monday for the Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I will see you right back here on Monday.